Well, hello, Candy. And hello, Jamie. Uh, so much has happened. So much. So much is going on. Always. Mm. <laughs> so much has happened. So let's just um, talk about a couple of things. We've both got new jobs to start the year. We have, and we get to meet our kids on tomorrow. Tomorrow, young people. Meet them for the first time. A bit exciting. And... Uh, we're reading new books. We are. Yes, and we've got those Ted Decker books. Let me just um, show you here. Oh, oh, you've taken photos. Yeah, and that was the first one we read. Yeah. Uh, and they fell, found dragons, the boy who fell from the stars. Excellent. And the next book we've just begun. And they found dragons. Journey to the Silver Towers. Ooh. All right, and um, I'm reading a book at the moment by uh, Hugh Van Kylenberg, and <laughs> it's called The Resilience Project, Finding Happiness Through Gratitude, Empathy, and Mindfulness. And he calls it GEMS, um, Gratitude, Empathy, and Mindfulness. So it's a very interesting book, and um, really enjoying that one. So... That's just the reading of the books, Candy. Yeah, we're quite busy, hey? What else is going on? Well, let me tell you. Oh, good. I wasn't <laughs> sure what the answer was going to be. <laughs> Improv training. Oh, yes. Yes, I am. And when do you do that, Candy? Um, Sunday mornings, you may say early. Okay. Around the uh, Chinese dentist's operating time? 2.30 a.m. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> and how's that going? Oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. That's great. Mm. Good to hear. Yeah. Mm. And looking forward to playing those games with the young people we work with. Absolutely. Starting tomorrow. Yay! Yes. <laughs> All right. NT90. Well, that's going on. And uh, at church, we're reading the Bible. We're reading the New Testament in 90 days. In turbo. In turbo. <laughs> turbo reading. <laughs> Away we go. And that's been a... It's quite a challenge, but... Um, because I'm mixing it up with devotions, and it's got me reading the Bible a lot more. Oh. Should be okay, I think. Okay. Not overdoing it. No. Can you overdo that? I guess you could. I don't know. We'll see how you go. All right, then. Uh, something else going on. I've got the One Day uh, app on Apple. Oh. And I'm writing in the miracles of the day. The miracles of the day. Yes. Wow. And so, what are you saying? That... What, you see something as a miracle every day um, something in particular well i'd like to every day but i've missed a few but okay I, so I where did you start with that well i started in i started out i can't even remember why i started now but i think yes i did i i wanted what was to, your first miracle you wrote down uh, okay the That's first miracle 
well, I was taking Larry for a run, and we'd just gone through Bat Park, and he generally stops there to have a bit of a rest and squat and leave a bush donut behind. Anyway, he'd made it through the park, and uh, so he's a bit, bit long, a long way from, away from the rubbish bin. I don't like it when he does it a long way from the rubbish bin because I, when I pick it up in the in the little dog bag, I have to put it in the rubbish Thank bin. Thank you for clarifying that. And bit. I don't like running along with dog poo swinging in a as I run. So no, anyway, no, so the miracle. Let's get back to the miracle. What happened was, I I I was a good studious citizen. I picked up my dogs uh, left behinds, had it in the bag, and a lady came the other way with three dogs. Well, that's a miracle. It was. And she said to me, you know what she said to me? She said, can I take that from you and throw it in the bin? And I said, I was shocked. I said, well, thank you very much. I said, that you are the kindest person I've met all year. And it was like the 1st of January or Second, something? 2nd of January, <laughs> January, yeah. But it was. It was, And I just thought, that's a good miracle. I'll write mm. that down as the first one. So, yeah, we've yeah. had a lot of miracles since that. And I'm not writing one down every day, but... I'm getting a lot down. Um, as much as I can, I'm writing the miracle of the day down. And why are you doing that, James? Because I want to increase my faith. I want to pray for things. And and when I get an answer, mm-hmm. I don't want to just go, oh, thanks, God. I want to, I want to um, just acknowledge make... Acknowledge it. Yeah, I want to yeah. acknowledge it. And I want to remember them so that when it comes to ask God for things, I've my faith is strong and Jesus rewards people with faith a lot of faith you know a disciple no disciple this this man came up to him and he said oh heal my can you heal up to him came up to jesus and she said can you heal can you heal my daughter i want you to come and heal my daughter i want you to come and heal my daughter could have been his son but anyway and it was her daughter okay and and jesus he said what I can't remember the story, but he said, what do you want? And he said, "Um, if you can, can you heal my son or daughter? Oh, somebody else. I'm thinking of a different story, yeah. And it says, Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? And it was all about the faith that the man had. If you believe, you'll receive anything in my name. So that's where I want to be. I don't want to be if you can. So... All right, what else has happened this year? Let's just have a look. Church was good today. Candy, Laura spoke. And, uh, you know, something she said I really like. She said, I don't know why we can't see into the spiritual more than when we do. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately. So she just triggered an image. And I thought, I want to see more of what's going on. And I just think God allows us to see what he wants us to see. But I'm a bit hungry to see more. Okay then. So we're reading from, we're going to actually get into the podcast now, and we're over seven minutes in, but we, um, I'm starting from Mark chapter 7, verse 1 in the Passion Translation. Okay, is this from your journals or is this from your NT90? This is from a journaling, yeah. Okay, cool. Don't have too much, but we'll see how we go. Okay, well, we both need it now because I'm going to be listening to it on my way to work. Ah, yes. Yeah. So half an hour there. is good. <laughs> One day, the Pharisees and certain religious scholars came from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus. So that's what it's saying, they've gathered around him. So I'm not sure if he was eating with his disciples at the time, but 
let's just say that he was to get a picture of what's going on okay okay then all right so jesus is eating with his disciples and these pharisees and certain religious scholars okay so these are like important people these are the masters and they're the set apart ones who please god the most and that's what they truly believe they believe that they are pleasing god the most out of all the people on the earth and maybe they think jesus is trying to be one of their kind and he doesn't yet know all the rules so they um they ask him a question they don't know they don't actually know they've gathered around god and they're they're actually telling him that he's not doing things properly that he's not good enough and they are shocked and this is the reason these these uh, elite people are shocked your disciples do not wash before they eat they say to jesus these are age-old traditions you should follow to ceremonially wash yourself before eating so there you go that's what they're upset about and I, I thought about our ceremony today is because of COVID 19 and we wash our hands but most of the time we wash our hands before we eat don't we we got taught that when we were young yeah yeah for so sure. it's, not, it's not a bad law or anything but these guys have these guys actually don't like people who don't do it they're like that's you you're an outcast so The hierarchy asks Jesus why his disciples don't wash before eating. I think he gets them into a huddle and gives them this saying. He's, he's um, disciples? No, the Pharisees. Oh, okay. So yep. he's got them together. And he's, yep. come on, guys, over here. I want to talk to you. He says, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Does he really? Is that what it says? Or is that Jamie's version? That's what he says. Wow. How accurately did Isaiah prophesy about you phonies? When he said, these people honour me with their words while their hearts run far away from me. Their worship is nothing more than a charade, for they continue to insist that their man-made traditions are equal to the instructions of God. So they're not really impressed by what Jesus has said. <laughs> and so Jesus goes straight to the heart. So I'm wondering what traditions we think we do that maybe we think uh, a bit like the Pharisees. I wonder if we've got any of those. So Jesus is on a road trip and he's going through a non-Jewish region called Tyre. <laughs> and he's trying not to be noticed, but it, it's not working very well because people just gather in crowds around him. He turns up at a house and people find out he's there and they just come big crowd comes to the house and they're all sitting in the house and there was a, a particular woman there from Phoenicia and she oh, comes wow. and throws herself down in front of him the Phoenician woman must be yeah. a place yeah hmm. was she blind um, Phoenician blind I like that one a Phoenician blind woman. No, she wasn't blind. She was. Um, she had a daughter uh, that had a demon in her. She said, "Heal my demon-possessed daughter, please, Jesus." And Jesus didn't. He, he wanted to heal her, but at first he said, I'm, "I'm. I've come here for the Jewish people, and not not for you." And he said, 
First let my children be fed and satisfied, for it isn't fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. But she kept bugging him, didn't she? Yeah. Would you know the Passion Translation translate children are the Jews? Let my children be fed and satisfied first. And that says bread is a metaphor for casting out demons. Children's bread is a metaphor for casting out demons. Huh? That's what it said in the Passion Translation. I don't understand. Children's bread. No, it's quite difficult, isn't it? And dogs yeah. is used to describe the impure mind of a Gentile. So that's when he says dogs and throw it to the little dogs, that's throw it to the impure mind of a Gentile. So Jesus is testing her faith that she truly believes he is God. She could have got really offended and just gone straight off there, couldn't she? Yeah. It's a weird story. It is, yeah. But she wanted, she was, she believed Jesus could heal her, so she wasn't going to stop there and give up. And she said something really good. She said, um, here it is. How true that is, Lord. But even little puppies under the family table are allowed to eat the little children's crumbs. <laughs> yeah, so the Jewish crumbs. So then Jesus said to her, that's a good reply with a, with a um, exclamation mark. Now, that's a good reply. Mm. Now, because you said this, you may go. The demon has permanently left your daughter. Mm. So, yeah. I think there's a lesson in that for all of us, isn't there? Mm. Persi- persistent prayer. Well, he said something else there. Jesus responds to faith and belief. It is the most powerful thing. And that's what I talked about at the start. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's connected in well. Yeah. Faith <laughs> and belief. Persistent faith that refuses to doubt is what activates the power of God. He releases supernatural powers through people who believe that he can do anything. God releases his goodness into our realm and miracles happen. There you go. So that's what I'm recording. Miracles. Excellent. All right, the la- the ra- Sunday, 30012022. The rains have filled up the pool and Freshwater Creek is full and flowing. I like it. It's cool. It is. I love the rain. Mm, it's good. So the end of Chapter 7 in Mark records a healing of a deaf man. Sorry? The healing of a deaf man. Oh, is that what you said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus is on his way to Lake Galilee, many days trekking through the Decapolis. Decapolis. The what? The Decapolis. What does that mean? Something out of Batman. Decapolis. (laughs) Sounds like someone's lost their head, doesn't it? So Decapolis was the ten cities of Syria. So he's in Sidon when a deaf man with a speech impediment is brought to him by some friends who plead for Jesus to heal him. Wasn't it amazing how so many people brought their friends friends hmm. so it's putting them first isn't it yeah hmm. and because the person may not have been able to get there by themselves true i think let's just let's get jack let's let's get just to get him let's get him and take him up there let's get him let's get him we'll hoodwink him <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> anyway i don't think they did put a hessian bag over their head and drag him i don't think they did that so Jesus led him away from the crowd to a private spot. So Jesus has taken this uh, guy who speech impediment and he's deaf. And um, then he stuck his fingers, Jesus stuck his fingers Ew, in, this is gross. into the man's ears and placed some saliva on the man's tongue. Then he gazed into heaven, sighed deeply and spoke to the man's ears and tongue. And he said this word, 
Ethpathak, which is Aramaic for open up now. At once a man's ears opened and he could hear perfectly and his tongue was untied and he began to speak normally. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Yep. And Jesus says to him, don't tell anyone. <laughs> he's just given him the ability to speak and he's saying, don't do it though. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and, and your friends and family won't notice that you're talking. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't work. It didn't work at all. So the next story is Jesus feeding 4,000 people. He calls his friends over, close, and he says to them, as his disciples, my heart goes out to this crowd, for they've already been here with me for three days, and they've had nothing to eat. And I'm concerned if I send them away home hungry, they may faint along the way, for many have come a long, long way just to be with me. Mm. So, seven loaves of flatbread and a few small fish. That's all they've got. The disciples gather them together. Seven big baskets, seven baskets big enough for a man to hide in are filled with leftover bread. And this miracle is uh, goes along with the feeding of the 5,000. This is the 4,000. And this is only recorded in the book of Mark, this one. Mm-hmm. And it, the Passion said it's the forgotten miracle. Pardon? The forgotten miracle. Oh, okay. Because he only feeds 4,000 and not 5,000. So I don't want to forget any miracles this year. That's why I'm writing my book. So they're mostly Gentiles in the, in the 4,000. And in the 5,000, they're mostly Jews. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and what I read in the in um, the, the 5,000, that reckons the Passion said there must have been, been at least 10,000 people there with women and children. Because oh, it only counted the men, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Jesus hopped in a boat and he's gone across the other side of the lake and he's confronted by Pharisees again and they demand a miraculous sign from heaven. And Jesus says, no. And I wrote, I want gets nothing. I want doesn't get. Yeah. May I please have gets sometimes. My so Nana said so. She sh- they should have listened to her. They should have. They asked the wrong way. Mm-hmm. All right, so this saddens Jesus when they ask for this, and he sighs in his spirit. He gets back in the boat and tells his disciple about religious and political hypocrisy that grows in people. Don't let it grow in you, he says. And as they were sailing across the lake, Jesus repeatedly warned them, be on your guard against the yeast inside the Pharisees and the yeast inside of Herod. (laughs) We had yeast in our pizza. It was good. Mm, Those pizzas were so good. Mm, I'm a bit thirsty. Is it okay if I get a drink? Yes. Go ahead. I'll carry on here. Okay, you carry on. I'm just be on the other side of the bench. Okay. Just, I need the table. Just speak loudly if I ask. Monday, 3101 I'm still here. <sighs> okay. Oh, keep me awake. Falling asleep. Might have a drink myself. Oh, good job. We're up to 19 minutes. So you better scoot along. I've only got to Monday. Be on your guard against the yeast inside of the Pharisees and the yeast inside of Herod. And the disciples don't understand, and they don't understand what Jesus said, and they think he's talking he's about the bread. In the pizza, not in the Pharisees. Well, he seems frustrated and questions their hard hearts. They have good eyes and ears, but they can't see or hear or remember that he just multiplied thousands of fish and loaves of bread. And these guys are worried about loaves of bread. 
Jesus, that's what he think, they think Jesus is talking about, but he's talking about the, the politics the Pharisees and Herod are going on with. Anyway, they arrive at Bethsaida in the boat, mm-hmm. and people bring a blind man to Jesus. So he puts saliva on his eyes and then covers that with his hands, and he asks the guy if he can see anything. He says, yes, my sight is coming back, but people look like trees. Jesus does it again and tells the guy to look up. His sight returns. Jesus tells him to tell no one. (laughs) Same story again. Anyway, so on a two-day walking journey of 30 miles, Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say I am? You are the anointed one, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter says this. The Passion expands and states that the language refers to Peter receiving revelation from the Father to know this. And he is said to be the first of the disciples that receives this revelation from God. Then Jesus tells them to tell no one. He Hmm. speaks of his destiny of going to Jerusalem to be beaten, mocked, rejected and falsely trialed. And his friends are confused and they don't understand. So they don't say anything. The Jews believe the Messiah was to be the King of Israel. He was to reign in glory and not suffer. And Jesus shares openly that he will be killed and rise to life again three days later. So Peter rebukes him. He takes him aside and rebukes him. No way, Jesus, this cannot happen. I think Laura kind of talked a little bit about that this morning, like Peter saying things like that. And, um, yeah... But Jesus is really kind to him still, like explains things and and brings him back into relationship with him every time and I really like that. Yeah. This particular time Jesus turned around and glancing at all the other disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, <laughs> Get out of my sight, Satan, for your heart is not set on God's plan but man's. So on this trip, Peter is shown God's glory in Revelation and Satan's plan of fear and self-protection. And I just thought, all right, now that's an emotional roller coaster ride, isn't it? Mm. And uh, yeah, what a what a guy Peter was. Tuesday, zero one zero two two o two two. Candy has a new job. Yay! Excellent. Wednesday, zero two zero two two o two two. This quick news of the day. Uh, there is a red horizon in the dark, and I see shooting star as I drink my coffee. Oh, nice. Remember you came out and you said, look at the sky that morning? Yeah, it was beautiful. It was fantastic, wasn't mm. it? Okay, back to devotions. Jesus had his disciples and the crowd gather around him. He said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. So that's amazing in what he says. I tried to unpack it and I've got a few stories here, Candy. Yeah. So all right, I liken this teaching to building a sandcastle on the beach i know the tide will come in and knock it down or but you still build it you still build it don't you yeah because it's fun yeah Mm. or driving a car without seeing out the windscreen 
Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I keep crashing and end up at the wreckers. So I thought of a couple of things, you know, like surrendering your life to God, a couple of illustrations maybe. As I surrender more of my ways and embrace his, I learn to trust. That's and, good. Mm, I've experienced that the God of the universe has a life planned out for me that far exceeds anything that I could have ever imagined. Wow. Yeah, I think we've experienced that, Candy, haven't we? At a lot of times, yeah. Yeah, do this and we do it, and wow, that's amazing. So <laughs> the suffering my soul experiences to run my own life, to love my enemies, not to glorify myself, to be humble, and to continually surrender my ways is not easy. Well, it's not easy sometimes. But in comparison, True. living with Christ and embracing the adventures, the adventures he takes me on, uh, him giving me revelations of wisdom and knowledge of him, of God, is more than I could dream of. It's so much better. I've gained, I have gained from following him, I know. And I've experienced true life of his love and peace then there is the joy that this will never end that's pretty good isn't it it's it's exciting and it's probably really difficult like i don't i don't have full comprehension of, of that because we know that our life here on earth um in these bodies comes to an end yeah because we've seen a lot of our friends yeah and family and you know yeah. And, um, yeah, so interesting. What could be more exciting and rewarding than being given the responsibility of carrying out a mission from the ruler of the universe? It may be scary and uncomfortable at times, but it will never be boring. He made us. He knows what we are capable of and what we like. And he gives us his Holy Spirit as our personal coach to make everything work together for his good plans. And I was just remembering a story of trust. And I remember when Shanae was young, I used to throw her in the air and catch her. And she really liked it. Yeah. Hayley didn't. She hated it. No, I can imagine. And she screamed. <laughs> she, yeah. But yeah. I remember throwing Shanae in the air on the grass was buffalo grass. And if you roll around on it, it's got little blades of glass on the, on the blades oh, of grass. Very sharp, yeah. Blades of glass on the blades of grass. That's easy to say. It is. And so if you rolled around in it, you've got all these, like a rash all over you. So yeah. I wasn't going to let her roll around in the grass, but I, I used to throw her in the air mm. and she would laugh and giggle and then yeah. I would catch her. And then mm. I would drive her higher and higher and higher. And she had complete trust that I would catch her. She never, she laughed the whole time. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was a, a picture of how often we're so scared and it helped me think of when god says for me to do something that just do it joyfully because he's going to catch me he's going to catch us isn't he yep definitely yeah anyway that's um that's our podcast for the week and i thought maybe we could have a look at a couple of miracles what do you think yeah absolutely um i'll go back through a couple okay then all right all right Mm. <laughs> interesting these um, there's a saying that every day there's a quote are you an organ donor why or why not 
What do you mean? There's a quote. It's it's a start of a, every day. There's a there's like a, a question for you. Oh, on the app that you're on, using. On the app, yeah. What's your? Oh, uh, look, there's a picture of a puppy dog. Yeah. Oh, that's not Larry, but it is his brother. Yeah, Max, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Cool. What's your earliest memory of swimming? Yeah, and what did you write? I wrote, uh, in the round Clark pool at Nan and Gramp Harding's house in Burwood with <laughs> family and cousins, getting a whirlpool going and floating around in circles. Oh, we used to do whirlpools as well. How, How much fun, fun is that? Oh, they were the, fun, they were the funnest, weren't they, the whirlpool? Mm. All right, miracle of the day. Oh, that was meeting um, Andrew and Deb at Palm Cove. They have Max, a dog from the same breeder as Larry. And they're from, it's, Larry's from Morwell or Mowie or something in Victoria. So, and obviously we lived in Esperance and now we're up here and it's this, and he looks almost identical to Larry, this dog. It's amazing. That was a bit of a miracle meeting then. Yeah. But the, but the biggest miracle, Candy. Oh, yes. Tell me about the biggest miracle, Jamie. Lost my sunglasses at Palm Cove. Oh, you did too. During that evening stroll. Yeah, what a miracle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I really I really like him, so I didn't want I didn't want to lose him, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I was I was a bit disappointed. You were. So I, I just asked God if we could find them please. And That's then uh, very polite. We found them on a table where some people had picked them up and set them. Yeah. That was great, wasn't it? Yep. Oh, so pleased. Mm-hmm. Candy got a sugar fury raspberry cordial that tastes good. And Alex is flying to America to live for a time. There yeah. you go. I so, like yeah. What else I got here? Miracle of the day. Um, Today's miracle came at 6.15pm. I was talking to Jesus in the car and was thinking it's getting late and nothing has stood out as a miracle today yet. When I got home from the shop, Candy found out that her brother had told his daughter that the person she thought might be a cousin was actually her sister. What a miracle that was. Yeah, that was Reconciling so of relationship. Yeah. yeah. There we go. So there's some of the miracles. And um, that's our podcast for this week. Kenny, you can play that in the car as you drive down to Gordon Vale. Yeah. Lovely trip through the green cane fields. As far as the eye can see. That's how far the cane grows. (laughs) And um, until next week, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.